1: Hey, this is Kurt Angle, and welcome to The Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing my recent biography on Peacock with the director, Alex Perry. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell.
0: How are you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing great. Listen, it is so good to see you. And uh, as I say that, I think about the last time you and I recorded was a couple weeks ago. We put a couple episodes in the can, and just what's crazy is everything that has transpired uh, since the two of us sat down together. Some fun stuff, some good stuff, but also some very sad news. And I thought that we would start off this week's show kind of talking about some of the sad things that happen in wrestling. One of which, Kurt, we lost a legend in Terry Funk. And then, tragically, lost a young star in the business that you know well, Wyndham Rotunda, who wrestling fans know as Bray Wyatt. And bigger than what they've done in the ring, Kurt, both fathers, family men. And uh, and I know you had some thoughts that you wanted to share as we kicked off this week's show about both guys.
1: Well, my prayers go out to both of them and their families. Um, You know, Terry Funk was such a legend. I mean, he wrestled forever. You know, I think maybe 50 years. He just had an incredible career. It was unparalleled. And Bray Wyatt, he was a trailblazer. The guy just had a different flavor, a different taste that people really were drawn to. I mean, he really had an incredible character that he portrayed incredibly well. He was so talented, and he will be sorely missed.
0: Kurt, uh, the picture going around social media is you in the suit in the ring, face-to-face with Bray. And uh, so you got to work with him, got to know him a little bit as a person, and everything that I've heard online was how sweet, how nice, how great of a man uh, that he was. For us as fans, we saw the character. And that's what we were exposed to. And, and man, how talented was he? But you got to, I'm sure, see the other side of him as well.
1: Oh, he was a humble person. He was such a good guy. He got along with everybody. Never had a problem with him. The company never had any issues. He stayed out of trouble. He did all the right things. And I, I just have a lot of respect for the guy.
0: And, uh, you know, RIP, Bray. Yeah, yeah, so sad. Well, listen, uh, never easy to transition from a topic like that. WWE, as always, has done a first-class job in recognizing both those individuals, I believe. Uh, all proceeds from Bray Wyatt, anything you buy on WWE shop, are going to go to his family from the shop, which is amazing, absolutely fantastic. Uh, last week's SmackDown episode and what they did in terms of video packages and the recognition... first class and just some of the promos and and what other wrestlers are sharing uh, has been very moving. Uh, But we are going to continue on uh, with this week's episode with some other thoughts and things as well. And uh, one of the things that I wanted to bring up to you as we move along here, Kurt, is that uh, you yourself have had quite a few weeks I'm sitting there watching television one night and I am an avid Pittsburgh pirates fan, yes, Pittsburgh sports. And as I turn and look at the TV screen, I hear the guy go, and we have Kurt angle on his family here with us this evening. I'm like, you gotta be shitting me. And they show you in the suite waving like the president with your pirates Jersey on Giovanna sending me the chocolate chip cookies from the suite. Like, oh, we're having a blast. What was it all about? What happened that the pirate scheme that they honored you for? Um, the Pirates invited me to the game. They just wanted me
1: to show up and, you know, uh, advertise them on social media. Try to get more fans. They need all the help they can get. You know what? <laughs> That's what I was going to say today. The Pirates—they've done better in in their history, but they're not doing too bad this year. I think they're around sixty and seventy-two, somewhere around there. And, um, but, but you know, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, or you know, if you're if you're from Pittsburgh. Go to a Pirates game. They, they really they need all the help they can get. This
0: is our public service announcement.
1: <laughs> no, I'm serious. I, I, it's a lot of fun. Listen, it is. Had a blast. Yeah, I mean, they got to us some really nice box suite. We were in there. They they fed us had a big buffet for us. It was incredible, and my kids had a blast. And you know we got to meet the pirate parrot. The kids were going crazy for that. So was I. And uh, it was just a lot of fun. I love going to pirate games because I have nothing but fun.
0: Uh, for a long time i think the pirate parrot was probably the most paid person on their roster okay
1: (laughs) you know what uh, that's why they're struggling
0: listen honestly they they locked up a couple guys this year they find they finally signed their first guy to a hundred million dollar contract and brian
1: reynolds
0: and they've got some youth and so i've actually gotten back into following them more this year when they brought mccutcheon back because i loved andrew uh so they are they are a team on the move hey listen they've got enough number one picks in their system the last few years oh god they They better do
1: away though eventually But uh, the (laughs) the thing is i'll tell you this about 20 years ago um you know i was i was really following the pirates and they were they they just their team was only getting paid seven million dollars between all the players right the new york yankees it was 190 million how, yeah. do you, how do you compare to that? How you, can you compete with the New York Yankees when you're only giving your whole entire team, what, about, what, 30, 40 guys? $7 Again. million, dollars, you know, divvy it up between everybody. That's crazy, man. I, I, you know, Pittsburgh Pirates, unfortunately, they just don't have the money to be a world championship yeah. team now. Back in the 70s, it wasn't about money. It was about performance. And uh, back then they were able to compete, but now it's just really hard.
0: Yeah. Thanks, Bob nutting. Uh, he's the owner. There was a time at one point, Kurt, where Mark Cuban was interested in buying, buying the pirates. I don't
1: doubt it. He was from Pittsburgh. For yeah. High
0: yeah. I would, yeah. that would have been transformational. If you bring that, in an owner that like that, been, you know,
1: but. you would have had, it would have been identical to the New York Yan- Yankees owner.
0: <laughs> I don't know about that, but it would have been a lot more fun. Hey, listen, we, we do talk sports a little bit here at the beginning. And, uh, but as we're doing that, what are some of your favorite teams, and it ain't the Pittsburgh pirates. What are your favorite, favorite teams to win it all, you think, in the Major League Baseball this year? Oh, you know
1: Service? what? Two teams that I've been, had my eye on for a couple of months now is the Braves and the Dodgers. They're <laughs> kicking ass and taking names. I think both of them have close to 90 wins already, and uh, they're, they're, they're definitely standing out.
0: Braves are unbelievable when we just played them recently I mean even the seven eight nine hitters have over 20 home runs apiece I'm like our top guy has 21 okay they're playing slow pitch softball out there Kurt the Braves uh the Orioles good in the al and the al2 so we'll see what happens a lot of fun and uh, and we're enjoying our sports hope you guys are too. Football is right around the corner, so we can't wait for that. But we're not here to talk about Center. Kurt and I are not your anchors for this evening. No, we're here at the Kurt Angle Show. And the biggest news of all that came out over the two weeks is Angle. Your documentary, and uh, my goodness, Saturday, September 2nd, so as this goes out to the public, it'll be Sunday the 3rd, your documentary will have dropped on Peacock. Again, That's the same day that WWE Payback is going to be live in Pittsburgh. Uh, What can fans expect to see with this new documentary, Kurt?
1: You know what? Uh, it, it's a really great documentary. It's really well put together. Alex Perry did an incredible job. Uh, it's about a story about a kid with a dream, and uh, you know he had a lot of mishaps along the way—broken uh, necks, you know, issues with drugs. Uh, it's about overcoming obstacles, and and I am so proud of this documentary. I honestly believe it's one of the best. And and Ric Flair quoted this. It makes my documentary look pretty lame. That's what that's what Ric Flair said. Okay. Think about what Rick went through. So yeah. I, I, you know, I commend Rick for saying that, but um, I don't think um, mine is, is nearly as um, uh, as intense as Ric Flair's life. Uh, but but Ric Flair seems to think so. So I'll,
0: I'll you'll go take with- it. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, as we said at the top of the show, we have a very special guest, the director of Angle, uh, which is available now on Peacock and, and on demand. That's right. It's none other than Mr. Alex Perry. Alex, you're with us today on the Kurt Angle show. How are you?
2: Hey guys, I'm doing great. Thank you very much for having me on. I love what you guys the are The legend,
1: doing. Alex Perry.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> How you doing, man?
2: I'm doing good. It's good to see you, Kurt. Uh, you, too, thank man. you Thank you guys for having me on the show. Uh, I love what you guys are doing with the show. It's a, and it's a privilege to be on and be able to talk about this doc because me and Kurt have been on quite the journey with it uh, nice over man. the last few years, uh, over the last probably set, five years. Wow. Um, and uh, it's 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 been an amazing experience overall, and uh, I can't wait to talk about it.
0: Well, let's do it. And in true wrestling fashion, Kurt and I are going to be a tag team this week, and we're going to tag in and tag out and go back and forth and throw questions. Are you you ready for this?
2: I'm ready. Hey, all man.
0: right. So, so listen, let's start off with, the, at the, how did you get started producing films? Where did it all start for you, Alex?
2: Well, it's a great question because uh, I actually probably fell in love with storytelling through wrestling uh, because, you know, as, as a little kid, uh, prior to movies I, I was more so into wrestling you know and in, in the 90s I was a huge wrestling fan I loved my brother who's my agent in Hollywood and who's my best friend got me into it um and I you know I loved the Hogan era uh I was uh, you know and I, and eventually like all filmmakers I picked up a camera probably in my early teens um you know if I happened to be a super athlete like Kurt maybe there was a path to being a wrestler in the future uh but unfortunately you know I'm You know very small dude and that wasn't gonna be in the cards so i picked up a camera probably in my early teens and uh fell in love with filmmaking and started making short films with my friends and then it just struck me as a lightning bolt uh, probably in my early teens and one day i was standing with the camera and i was like i'm just gonna do this and i just never thought about anything else since then i've always thought about filmmaking
1: wow so that was your focus your whole entire life was just to be involved in films
2: Exactly. Yeah. I, I, I've quite literally never thought about uh, anything else, uh, you know, in my early teens. That's when I fell in love with it. Um, and I, uh, you know, w- when I was a kid, you know, I, I had those dreams of possibly being like an FBI agent or a firefighter or whatever. Oh, in the future. Okay.
1: Like all uh, but, other kids. Yeah.
2: <laughs> or, or a professional athlete. Uh, but like I said, it wasn't the card. So, yeah. And I was always the creative type. You know, I was always putting on plays in school and and such, um, and short films with my friends just became a thing. And, you know, my whole group of friends became filmmakers and we all would just make short films all the time together. And it just became such a, it, it was basically you know, the way we would hang out as, as kids and, and, as, and, as, and as teenagers. And, you know, we just had such a ball doing it that we never found it as work and I still don't see it as work. Uh, and if, you know, if I'm lucky enough, I, I wanna do this until, uh, I never wanna retire. You know, I, I want to nice. do this until, uh, I'm, well, until I'm gone.
1: Getting back to wrestling, since you went way off the left field.
2: <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> you
1: were a fan grow, growing up. What were some of your favorite memories?
2: Uh, with wrestling? Yeah. So, yeah, like I said, I loved the 90s wrestling growing up, but my peak fandom was during the Attitude Era. Because yes. I, I was, you know, in my early teen years, and back then that was the... TV that you sought out as an early teen because it was edgy, you know, and that and you know, I loved Stone Cold and I love The Rock but there was something that was just so damn funny to me about a guy who thought he was better than everyone else. And that's why Kurt was my favorite wrestler growing up and never in a million years did I think I would meet him or make a documentary about him.
0: Yeah, Isn't that something? It's like probably a few times you've had those pinch yourself type moments that hey, I am literally working with the guy that I loved, you know, enjoyed so much as a pro wrestler. I'm freaking working on his biography. Yeah,
2: for sure. For sure. Yeah. And when I first met him, uh, I had many of those moments. Uh, now I just bug the shit out of him.
0: Yeah. Uh, well, he bugs the shit out of us <laughs> too, so it's okay. <laughs> it's all good, man. It's uh, Hey, and I am, I, listen, right now, because we're recording prior to watching this, uh, I cannot wait to, to see this, especially since I've heard the focus is, you know, him and winning the Olympics and the, tr- and the, and that's and more of the intense focus of this. Um, I did want to ask you, uh, because I heard this is your debut, right? Yeah. Is that, is that right?
2: Yeah, this is my feature film debut. And, uh, you know, I always wanted to do a scripted movie and I wanted to be a scripted movie director, but as streaming started being more and more successful, uh, i really started f- falling in love with documentary documentaries we're not we're only a handful of years removed from when documentaries were very inaccessible you'd have to there would be one or two every couple of years maybe a michael moore documentary that you would see in the theater uh, or something like that but you know ever since you know netflix blew up and streaming blew up documentaries have grown in such popularity i i honestly think we're only years away from them equaling movies in popular popularity uh, and I just thought it was such a, a good way in. And since I'm so familiar with movies, I really wanted to make this doc feel like a movie. I didn't want it to feel like you were watching. I don't want to feel it. I didn't want it to feel like you were being educated on a topic. Uh, I wanted it to play like a movie and I'm close. I'm very happy with how close we got to that goal.
1: Well, why did you want to make this documentary about me?
2: Okay. So that's a great question. Uh, as I said, Kurt was my favorite wrestler growing up and w- I didn't I wasn't aware. I was a kid, so I wasn't aware of Kurt's backstory actually. I didn't make the connection. I didn't even have the connection between the Olympics and pro wrestling. I knew him from pro wrestling and I had never s- seen a wrestler whose gimmick was based on their own backstory. And when I kind of found that, that was almost a rumor that circulated among me and my friends at, at first. And when the Internet kind of was coming out and I was able to finally look it up and I saw that it was based on his real backstory, not only that, saw that it was based on a dramatic and unbelievable backstory. I just thought that that was a mind blowing thing. And that's never left my mind uh, for all of these years. Uh, and I was very uh, I, I always thought that there was unexplored ground. Uh, for film, and I, I and I, there's been pieces on Kurt before, mm-hmm. and I've always been you know confused about why no one attacked that, and I think everyone thinks that pro wrestling fans want to see his pro wrestling and that's it, but I always wanted to shock pro wrestling fans and tell them the story that no one had ever seen before, and spend a lot more time on Kurt's Olympic story. Uh, so that was my goal with it. We do go into his pro wrestling years as well, of course, and we 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 it's a it's a biopic, uh, but I wanted it to have the feel of more of like an overall like sports epic that you would see on like a thirty for thirty or something like that.
1: Hey guys, need to call a quick time out here. Wanted to tell your listeners what I've
0: been telling my listeners over at Oh You Didn't Know for a while now about all the cool things happening over at adsfreeshows.com. On the latest edition of The False Finish, Zach Gowan talks about reaching the top of the pro wrestling world against incredible physical odds, before issues with immaturity got in his way. It's not a talent issue, it's a maturity issue. We want to see you continue to wrestle, try new characters, become a heel, try new things, find a groove, the doors open, just mature a little bit, but it, it, but the, it was almost fatherly. The way he sat me down and explained to me exactly why I was being released, and I'll always remember that, and I'll always thank Jim Ross every time I see him for that. As Dog and Cassio finished up their latest Ask Dog Anything, they kept the party going for ad-free shows members, answering more questions on a bonus overrun.
1: We were the main event. Me and Brian Christopher were the main event. Doug was in a um, up-there match. Jamie Dundee was in a tag title match, I'm sure. And we just stopped and started playing pool and drinking. Like, that was what we did. We
0: pulled through the median and turned around and just called from a payphone and said, Yeah, our core core can't make it. That's just a small taste of what we got waiting for you. With four levels to choose from, see for yourself why Ads Free Shows is the
1: best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adsfreeshows.com.
0: Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about... How to think paula while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year it is far less likely than it is on thirty thousand dollars a year right i would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight it was a hundred percent you need to make more money make smarter choices and build a better life afford anything wherever you listen and i want to thank you because what you said was absolutely right you said I didn't know the backstory of Kurt angle. I was just a wrestling fan and that's like so many of us fans. Oh yeah. He's won a gold medal. We, that doesn't mean I remember seeing it or ever watched it or the journey to get there. But now he's this nerd who comes out acting like leave it to beaver character who did win a a gold medal, obviously very talented, but really, you know, you start to learn about it as they go and highlight some of the things and you learn about who he is. So I'm I'm loving the fact that you're treating this or that early on story as the film centerpiece. I think that's really going to give depth to Kurt to all of us as wrestling fans in a different way than we've ever seen before, and I, I'm looking forward to it. Talk about the production. How did that get all put together?
2: Yeah, so I had uh, I, you know I had met Kurt a few years before. And, you know, I, I always thought his story was so, so fascinating. So I would annoy him about it once in a while. And I would say, Hey, you should let me make your documentary, blah, blah, blah. Um, but it really came together when uh, my brother, who's just the best brother in the world. Uh, he also happens to be a Hollywood agent um, who Kurt knows as well. He's and one he, of my agents. Yeah. Yep, yeah, And his name is Adam Perry. And he introduced me to a producer named Ross Dinnerstein. Uh, at campfire studios in Hollywood. And he is just, he's be at Ross has become one of the most prolific documentary producers in all of Hollywood. He produces about five to six documentaries a year. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of many of them. His most recent one was on the Murdoch family, low country on HBO. Uh, He makes many, many docs, and he's just, he just, he's just a massive wrestling fan. And he had not made a, uh, like a premier wrestling documentary before. And I, got in touch with him through my brother and I pitched it to him and he jumped on board right away. And it was just really exciting for me because he is, uh, a, a, like I said, he's just a very prolific producer. He gave me, he gave me a shot and he's just been so fantastic this whole time. We got in touch, uh, with two other producers named Jeremy Baylor and Ben Hada. They produced the movie team Foxcatcher, which is on Netflix. And the three of them acted as producers throughout the entire production. And, it was a two-year process about, a little over two years, I'd say, that we made it. And then I spent a whole six months on the music. We'll get to that later. Um, <laughs> but it was, just a fa- it was just a fantastic process from beginning to end. And with documentary it was really tough. It, there's not much money involved in documentary. And you have to rely a lot on people who help you. And um, Kurt has been so nice to so many people throughout his life. Now, that made my job easier when I would hit up all these people. They all felt like they were almost giving back to Kurt instead of me annoying them. <laughs> so that made my job easier when it came to getting all this stuff for free, which you really have to because we don't have a lot of money. And it really made me super proud of the product we got in the end. Hmm.
1: Well, what was your favorite part of this project?
2: So my favorite part, I would say my favorite part was interviewing I would say there's no question. It was interviewing Kurt for the three days we interviewed him. Well, one of them was eight hours straight. Um, it was very grueling. We brought him to th- I mean, it, it, in, a, in, a, in a documentary where the subject is telling their story from a first person perspective, that is the crutch of the documentary. And based on that person's storytelling ability is, you know, it, 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 that is what makes the documentary fly or not fly. And everything else that I was able to put together, all the pieces in the documentary, all came from the centerpiece, which was Kurt's interview. And I did not expect him to pour himself out as much as he did for us. And, you know, he was extremely... And I'll say this. I bugged Kurt for years. I I texted him questions probably every day for three years straight. And he was never, ever... uh, you know, he, he he was always just like responsive. He Never was, he, short with you or anything? Never short with me, always gave me the information I needed. Wow, and nice guy. You know, if, I, if I, if I, whatever my documentary is, next, he set a high bar for the subject. And I'm probably going to be disappointed when the next person does give back to me all the time with, with, with a bunch of questions. But my, my, to get back to the original question, my favorite thing was Kurt's three-day interview that we did. I believe one was eight hours straight. Another one was like seven hours straight. And it, and to look through that, it, it's a whole – it's a very unique experience um, when the subject is looking right into the lens like Kurt does in this movie because I'm actually looking at Kurt through a mirror while he's speaking. And it's an extremely unique experience, especially when um, you're, you're in that position for nine hours straight. And what Kurt was able to – the way Kurt was able to deliver his story – I think is the reason that it's going to resonate with people. And the reason that I hope it uh, inspires and lasts for years to come.
0: Thank you, Alex. (laughs) Kurt, it sounds like just another gold medal performance for you. Once again, I mean, I guess so. (laughs) I mean, did they even give you a milk break during these eight, nine hours? It gave
1: me about three or four.
0: (laughs) Oh, okay. Good, good. But no, you know what? It's great. I've, I've gotten to spend some time with Kurt and a conversationalist and he, the recall, When you ask him a question on something, uh, it's truly amazing. Takes his time, gives you the details. Okay. Let me tell you. And then just really gets in and it's just like, man, we're going on a journey here. So, uh, again, super excited. Uh, I cannot wait to watch this myself. Uh, Kurt, I know you had a question for him.
1: Uh, you know what, uh, our funny or die video, Olympic trials with Kurt angle that began our friendship, but where did the original idea come from?
2: Yeah, so that's how I met Kurt. I met him back in uh, about 2012, and uh, he had just uh, thought about going back to the Olympics at the time. And since that didn't work out because of an injury and uh, you know, etc., uh, I wanted to reach out and see if he was willing to poke fun at himself, uh, <laughs> like he always was was willing to. Yeah. And he was super willing to poke fun at himself, and that we had a blast making it, and mm. over a couple days. And it was real fun and, you know, it, it, it went semi-viral and we, we had a great time with it. And, you know, it was an excuse for me to meet Kurt at the time is what it really was. Sure. And, uh, and it, it, I really, really appreciate, um, the fact that he did that and, uh, and the fact that he let me make this documentary about him because, um, I'm sure that a bunch of people would have, uh, chomped at the bit to make this about Kurt. And, um, I think that Kurt saw that I was going to take it seriously.
1: No. And you know what? You picked the right partner. Rob Van Dam was
0: incredible
2: with that. (laughs) 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 He was, he was, he was great.
0: Alex, what was the, uh, the light bulb moment for you as you started to think about putting this together? Obviously he was a huge, gigantic superstar, but was it when you learned his backstory or what, what was that moment that you were like, this is my guy. This is the story that needs to be told.
2: Yeah, again, it's definitely uh, the the moment where, you know, I, realizing that Kurt's backstory was such fertile ground for filmmaking and storytelling, and I felt like it was so unexplored, and the fact that he, he what a unique life <laughs> yeah. to win a gold medal, and then to move on into something that was so, so different, that at the time, uh, you know, I know you guys have spoken about this before, at the time was uh, almost looked down upon by real wrestlers, by Olympic wrestlers, and um, to make that transition and to succeed in that other life while also, you know, Kurt's life in general um, is, you know, it strikes me as a life that's all about resilience. Uh, The inciting incident in our documentary is when Kurt's father passed when Kurt was 16. And Kurt says a line after that moment where he says, I just kept thinking, keep moving, keep moving. And that line pretty much sums up our film. And that line in my, uh, in my mind sums up Kurt's life. He was always willing to keep moving. And not only did he do that, he does it with a good attitude, um, which, you know, makes everyone like, you know, makes everyone love him. And, you know, I, I it's the, that's the reason I wanted to make this one because he was, he's a great dude. And he has a great story. It's 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 pretty much as simple as that.
1: Wow, you're really kissing my butt right now. <laughs> <you>? <laughs> I don't
2: Kurt, think did you. Kurt, my
1: story before the WWE and pro wrestling that you really wanted to focus on? Uh, can you ask that one more time, Kurt? What was it about my story before the WWE and pro wrestling that you wanted to focus
2: on? What was it? Yeah. So. You won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. I don't know if you know that. Uh, <laughs> yes, I did
0: that. I, I said so, it was news flash.
2: <laughs> yeah. So uh, that's I went. Huh. It's weird that no one's uh, kind of dug into that yet. <laughs> uh, so so I figured I would, and um, fr- and you know, the the fact that you know the fact that Kurt went to Foxcatcher and was trained at Foxcatcher is also uh, extremely interesting to me because. Um, you know there's been so many documentaries and uh, and movies about Foss catcher now and the story is so widely to- told but it, 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 through those movies and through those documentaries you, it, it's still surprising to some fans to know that kurt was there kurt was there in the middle of it not only that kurt was there at the end of it when the stuff went down and uh we interviewed nancy schultz in this movie as well and she was just so 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 nice with her time yeah. and um and, and her sentiments about about Kurt and that time, and um, and yes, yeah, so, so so Kurt's Kurt's pre WWE story is has a lot more depth to it than winning a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. There's, there's there's a lot there. It's very dense, and that's why I want to spend the most time on it in this documentary. And I hope that uh, I hope that uh, Kurt's fans specifically appreciate that.
0: Can you talk a little bit about the WWE as far as acquiring the biography for, for yeah. A&E? Can you kind of share that story with our listeners?
2: Sure. Uh, so, this happened about early COVID, I would say. Uh, we were just finishing up, we weren't totally done with it yet. We were still, we were probably halfway through the music. And um, we showed the, do- the WWE the documentary because we needed to license the WWE footage. And WWE called us back a day later and said, we would like to purchase this instead. Uh, And we said, yes. Uh, So, and, you know, it it worked out to, it worked out to be a blessing because, you know, like I said, in documentary, there's not a lot of money and, you know, having all that footage available to us, footage, photos, personalities, free
1: access to the place. Right. That's great.
2: Total access. And so that, that, that is a blessing. Um, also, you know, we have a lot of Olympic footage as well, and that's, you know, you know, that's a whole other uh, category <laughs> of. How much did
1: that stuff. cost?
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, what's amazing is that uh, NBC uh, owns Olympic footage, so it worked out well. It ended up on Peacock. Okay,
0: yeah. Oh, there you go.
2: But um, so, d- so, when WWE acquired this movie, they uh, they sent it to AE because they had a partnership with A and E, and A E didn't quite understand how we would fit into their show uh wwe legends the biography series because and because w a wasn't familiar with my backstory and why i chose to make this film with kurt and stuff like that um uh, so they were a little bit confused when they saw it and they uh kind of morphed it into something else they morphed it into something and it's totally it totally makes sense what they did in the context of where they're sitting because they took it and they made it into a pro wrestling episode. Yes. Which you can't blame them for that, for, for that series,
0: for their series.
2: And yeah. you know what it get uh, I'm a glass half full type of guy. And, yep. uh, I, I, I'm happy that this gets to have two different lives to it. One for that fan base. And hopefully this reaches a different type of fan base, but, at the end of the day, I, I I see it as a as a total blessing that we were end up able to end up with the WWE, and it's it's, you know, Kurt and I did have to scratch and claw a little bit to get this version of it shown, and huh. it, 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 it so we almost in a way we willed it into existence, um we we willed it into being made at first, and then we willed it into uh being shown, and now we're I, I I'm hoping that. Kurt's fans help us will it into re- uh, relevance uh, because I do think at the end of the day, I'm really proud of what we did. I do think we made something special and unique and, uh, and I, I would love any support we can get in making this version uh, a special, give it a special life within itself.
1: Well, Alex, I know you touched on it a little bit, but for the fans who saw the story on A&E, what are the main differences between the two different documentaries?
2: Yeah so again i want fans to know we're not pulling a fast one on them this is not some uh rearrangement of some old documentary this i actually did
1: not win the gold medal
2: yeah exactly yeah that's the, the
1: real story
2: um, this is the original version that Kurt and i intended the uh it, it it's far more of a sports epic biopic uh than a uh than your normal pro wrestling documentary Uh, We we spent probably a little over an hour on Kurt's story pre-pro wrestling, whereas I believe the A&E version spent, uh, I think if you take out the commercials, I think it spent a little under 20 minutes on that same section. So that is a huge difference. Uh, And then for the rest of the documentary, when we get into pro wrestling, fans will see a different feel for the rest of that as well. Uh, The timing is a little bit similar overall, but there's a lot of different moments that we use. Uh, you know, in comparison to that one. And I'm really excited about the ending because they didn't use my ending in uh, the 80 version. And I think it's a, it, it's, it's a very powerful ending. I'm really excited. For it is that.
1: Alex. I think yeah. a lot the fans are going to love it. Def- definitely. Yeah.
0: So you talked about the interview time that you spent with Kurt, the eight hour days and that, can you tell us how much more was Kurt involved uh, in making of angle?
2: Yeah. I mean, again, he, he, he I, I bugged him a lot. Um, I, I, you know, I'm OCD. I believe Kurt is a little OCD as well. I believe that's why he was able to. Yes, uh, I am. Absolutely, absolutely. He's a perfectionist. I think early on he understood that I was a little bit of a perfectionist, perfectionist as well. Um, and you know, I, every frame of uh, of a film, I like to uh, I like to make sure it's done the way we intend. Oh, it
1: has to be perfect, Paul. This guy it's, is. Uh,
2: you know, and that's great. That's
0: yeah. what that's who you want working on your stuff, Kurt. Yes, you know, definitely. Yes, you're right. Yeah.
2: yeah. And, and, and I think he understood that from the very beginning. That's why, you know, he I, you know, I, was, I every day I would hit him with questions and every day he would respond. And they were questions about every aspect of his life. We have so much material in this doc, honestly. And I'd be interested in this one day. I think it could break up into three one hour episodes of like an extremely extended uh documentary i'd be super interested in doing that some someday if the uh if the um if fans wanted it uh but yeah there's because script story is so so dense uh that i really think you can cover the olympic story in one wwe and then tna into into now yes in, in three different in three different one hour blocks uh and we easily have the material to do that and uh we made we did make a very long cut to begin with you know i I do have a cut on me that probably you know somewhere around two hours and 45 minutes instead of the one hour and 45 minutes that fan fans will see um but you know i'm getting a little off track
1: here (laughs) i am going to tell you this i was in tna a lot longer than i was in wwe so you're absolutely right uh you could have definitely done three episodes
0: I, I love it. And especially Kurt, I was going to say real quick, sorry, I'm jumping in here, but I mean, even one day if it ends up on like a 4k Blu-ray collector's yeah. disc edition and Kurt can sign it for the fans and I'm all in on that stuff, man. And I know the people that love Kurt Angle would love that, that type of thing. So we'll see. You never know.
1: Well, yeah. Alex, did you yeah. have any issues with getting interviews? Anyone you really wanted that actually said no. Oh, Mark Angle. Yep. Okay. That's oh. it. That was—he's the one guy that um <laughs> that inspired me to wrestle. Isn't that crazy? Wow. You know, at the time we weren't talking, and he didn't want to do it, so it was unfortunate. You know, you you have family issues, and we had a little issue, and he couldn't get by it. So, um, you know, unfortunately, he didn't do it. But um, you know what he did? He called me when he watched a documentary. He yeah. said it's incredible awesome, so awesome. You, you, your your director did an incredible job you did an incredible job uh i absolutely loved it and and wow. you know what we did talk a little bit about mark in the documentary exactly. so, you know we yeah. explained that he was kind of the inspiration of me yeah. wrestling yeah,
2: yeah. But-, but uh but you know you know the access that we were able to achieve through kurt and through ross Anderson to, to get everyone else in this movie i mean we got, I mean, the Rock. We, you know, we got the Rock. Dwayne Johnson is in this movie. He donated his time.
1: Thank you, Dwayne.
2: Uh, because he loves Kurt, and he, he loved those years. And you know, you don't see what he says prior to my interview, but when I'm off camera, you know, it's it's all about it's all about doing it for Kurt because you know he he loved them, and Austin Austin loved them, you know, and um, and Ronda Rousey we, 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 you know donated her time, and Ric Flair, Rick, and a yes. uh, heck of a lot of Olympic gold medalists. Um, a heck of a lot. Uh, Kevin Jackson, Kendall Cross, uh, Bruce yeah, Bondar, all all Anne, all my host.
1: teammates That was really yeah. cool. yeah,
2: yeah. It, 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 oh, we did about 30 interviews for this and they were all fascinating. Kurt, even Kurt's doctor uh, who gave him the Novocaine injections in 1996 um, and the rest of Kurt's family was um, amazing you know Mark was amazing too by the way Mark Mark answered all my questions when I would text him And, and the rest of Kurt's, Kurt's family was all nice enough to sit down for interviews with us uh, all of his brothers, uh, Giovanna was obviously amazing, uh, with her time and amazing with, uh, what she was able to, uh, give to us on, uh, it, during the interview. And, uh, and we even did some filming with Kurt's kids, which was, which was, which was fun too. Um, but yeah, it was, it was, it, it, I wanted to make it a extra, I'll probably never work this hard on a documentary again. I shouldn't say that, but it, it, we, we got an extreme wide range of interviews, interviews for this. Um, and uh, and, you know, I, I just want to thank everyone for donating, donating their time. And I especially want to thank Greg Strobel. Greg Strobel passed away. Uh, he was uh, a USA wrestling coach and he passed away a couple of years ago. And he has some of my favorite moments in the film that actually weren't in the A&E version, but are in this version. And I'm, I'm very excited for his family to see that. And uh, and I think I, I thank them.
1: You know what, Alex? I don't know if you know this, but you, you might know this, but uh, Greg Strobel was also a coach at Foxcatcher. So that that that's, you know, he was there when all that stuff went down. And uh, a lot of people don't know that because when he left, he ended up res- working for USA Wrestling. Right. And a lot of people didn't realize he was there at Foxcatcher when all that stuff went down.
2: Right. Uh, t- you know, I-, I-, I talked with him briefly about it, uh, so I was aware. Um, and you know, the, the, the guy, he, he was a great guy and, uh, and I just really appreciate his, the time and the, and the, and the sentiments he had to say about Kurt in, in the movie. Uh, he said he's never met a harder worker in his life. Uh, you know, it was, I've never, I don't know if I've ever heard this before, but he said that, um, Kurt worked too hard as an amateur wrestler. So they had to actually ha- had to ask him to dial it back. Uh, and that, that, that was fascinating to me. Um, and you know, in a way, that line is one of the crutches of uh, of the film as well, because mm. it's such a narrative thread as well. There's so many narrative threads to Kurt's life, but that would be another one of them, and that is something that Greg Strobel expressed to us.
0: You, uh, I have a kind of a two part question here for you, Alex. You talked about some of the folks that you interviewed: Stone Cold, The Rock, familiar names, Ric Flair. Uh, what was the process like of getting nailing some of these folks down to actually? Get interview time with them. And then once you did, uh, were they willing to really go deep uh, as far as Kurt and his past and things like that?
2: Well, I'll be honest. Interviewing The Rock is like interviewing the president of the United States.
1: I Um, know. He um, He doesn't say anything wrong. He's always like politically correct and uh, perfect.
2: He is a perfect human being. Uh, yes, and was, there, was like, there was like 15 black SUVs, uh, <laughs> you know, there was like every single question I asked, the guy poked on my shoulder and said, you've got three left, two left, one left, wow. and, but I'll say this, the guy, he's, he's just, he was amazing. He was amazing. He, I mean, I, the, I, I, I walked up to him and I shook his hand and I'm from Massachusetts and I was born and raised in Massachusetts and he starts talking to me about Linfield Mass because that's where his wife is from and. He just shot the shit with me, and it was amazing because the guy does five billion things a day. And uh, as a matter of fact, we pulled him off of one of his movie shoots. That's where we were. We 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 flew out to Atlanta, um, and we pulled him off his movie shoot. And it's unbelievable that he was willing to donate their time, donate his, donate his time. And he had uh, he had some very good insight. And I would say the the most interesting thing I learned from The Rock was. Um, And this is not to kiss your butt again, Kurt, but he did say that like the the pro wrestling is unique in which like the the nicest people almost rise to the top and because fans can almost like gauge that because so much of their own personality has to come out while they're doing all this stuff that fans are almost like, okay, I like this dude. I'm going to bring him to the top. And I had never thought about pro wrestling that way, but it really struck me. And I was like, wow, that's kind of true. And, and what really struck me is when I went to interview all these different pro wrestlers, that's kind of the way I felt about all of them. I mean, uh, even Ronda Rousey uh, was like unboomed, like just the sweetest human being. Um, you know, I got to interview at her, her at her farm and she came out and she, she gave me all this like food and stuff. And we was just so, wow. so nice to us. And um, I, I, Austin went really deep. Austin went really deep. Uh, and he, he, he is, he is, an incredible mind when it comes to all of this stuff. And, um, it, you know, he's a podcast host just like you and he, he's extremely detailed in his, um, in his explanations on everything, whether it be pro wrestling or any other subject. So that was an amazing thing to get. Um, and Ric Flair mostly talks about himself. <laughs> so
0: it's 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 it exactly you what you expected
2: yeah Yeah, I love
1: know. Eric Bischoff here again telling you about our friends over at SaveWithConrad.com now Conrad's always talking about how they are helping homeowners save money but did you know that Conrad and his team can also help you become a homeowner they make the home buying process more enjoyable than I don't know Making out with Stephanie and Linda. Ouch, but don't
3: take my word for it. Hi, I'm Sarah Davis, and I'm from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, So my husband has been a huge fan of Conrad's podcast for many, many years. And for years, we were on road trips, and he would have me listen to it. And then I got really into it. And so when it came time for us to buy a house, it was kind of like, there's really no other option at this point. Like, we have to go down this path, right? It was the best. I worked with Steve. I don't know what to do. I was looking more for preparing to buy a house. How do I get this in order? What does this need to look like? What do I need to move around? What's more important that I pay off first? Cause I am a first time home buyer. I don't know what that needs to look like. So that's when I called you guys and I talked with, with Steve and phenomenal from day one. I got a full education on home buying before I was ever asked to fill out an application, before I was ever asked to do anything, which was just, I mean, I cannot, brag on you guys enough. I literally cannot tell enough people about you because we would not have a home if it weren't for you, if it weren't for that interaction and weren't for the learning process. And I feel like I went into being a first time homebuyer from the time by the time we got through the end of the process with the same education that people need four or five homes to buy. And so now I feel like, all right, well, we can do this. We can do real estate. We can, I can actually make good decisions and ask good questions at closing and beyond because of everything that you taught me my name is sarah davis and i got into my dream home with save with conrad and unlike
1: the dirt sheets we're not making this up check out all the five star reviews go to save and do it today You'll be grateful you did MLS number 65084, Equal Housing lender. Woo! Is the <laughs> so how did you find uh, footage of my legendary ne- neck injury from the 1996 Olympic trials? How did you find that?
2: Yeah. So one of my favorite things to do in documentary is find uh, footage and photos that no one's ever seen before. And we have a... I would say we probably have about 20 or 30 things in this doc that no one's ever seen before. Uh, Kurt helped me get a lot of it. Uh, but, you know, I love playing detective, no matter how long it takes, it probably took me six months to a year to find some of these things and convince people to hand them over to me. Uh, but the way I did that was I looked at photos from the event and I, I, I saw that they were people mat side, right? Mat side with video cameras and uh, still cameras. So what I did was I sent those photos to USA Wrestling and I said, can you guys identify the oh people my goodness. Mat side on this on in this match? And they were like, we can identify two of them. And they sent me the two names. And then I hunted those people down. And I said, hey, like, do you have anything from these, from these matches? One of them was a woman who was amazing. She was a still photographer. And she got me a photo of Kurt immediately after the match, bent over crying. Not his Olympics, his US Open, of him bent over crying right after the injury and right after he beats Kerry McCoy. And it is my favorite photo by far in the movie. And it is uh, it has it also uh, Is also a photo that hadn't been seen prior to this movie But the footage Was a videographer Identified It was in his basement It had never been seen before And uh, I think there was some crappy shots That had been seen before of Like you know a home video from the stands or something like that But this is like Matt's eye Like perfect resolution You're t- So he has a beta tape I don't know if you've ever seen a beta tape mm-hmm. Before but they're like a oh, big VHS, yes and uh and this thing was sitting in his basement since 1996 and he hasn't touched it since 1996 and he said it was no, not digitized at all so he just sent me the tape uh well it took me about four months of convincing him to do that first and then he finally sent me the tape and i put it in and i digitize it and me and the editor are looking at it and we just our jaws dropped and we were like there it is there's the thing you know and uh, it's definitely the crown jewel of my finds, I would say in this documentary, but there is also like probably about 30 of those, uh, types of things that, that, uh, people haven't seen before. And It's one of the most exciting things about documentary. Just find a bunch of stuff people haven't seen before.
0: Kurt, what did you think when you saw that, when you watched the documentary?
1: I was like, holy shit. I don't know how he got that. Uh, yeah. Huh. You know, back then, they weren't even filming USA Wrestling. Like, USA Wrestling wasn't filming matches. So, to have a fan that was filming it and being able to get access to that, and especially when it's in his basement for 25 years and he hasn't touched it, he probably had to blow dust off of it. And, you know, (laughs) it's just crazy how Alex was able to find that.
0: Unbelievable.
1: I, I never thought in a million years that anyone would find footage of it.
0: And it's yeah. Matt side, high quality. I mean, you couldn't ask for for a better uh, version. So that, that's incredible. Yeah. Speaking of incredible, you mentioned it earlier in the show, the music. Yeah. We hear it's amazing. How were you able to come up with turning Kurt's WWE music into this cinematic sound?
2: Well, I give, give all the credit to that to our composer. His name's Kevin Ripple. Uh, he did an un- phenomenal job on this. Um, you know, he, he spent, uh, you know, I... Like everyone else, I bugged the hell out of him for probably a six-month stretch uh, during early COVID. And he did an incredible job. And I, I, I always knew I wanted to do that. And I've seen a couple of people attempt it in the past and other peop- uh, other pe- pieces on Kurt when I was doing research. And I didn't feel like they, they, they nailed it on the head. Uh, and I really wanted to find someone who was able to nail that. And this guy took a couple stabs at it, and within like two or three stabs, he said it to me, and I was like, oh, my God, this is mind-blowing. And you'll hear it first in the opening titles that's in this version that's not in the A&E uh, thing. Uh, actually, as a matter of fact, almost none of his music is in the A&E thing, which I was a little bit happy about uh, because it, recutting a movie is very difficult, and you the, movie, the music has to line up to the movie. So you have to take all the music out in order to recut something. So all of his music, and I, and I really hope that he gets a separate uh, release for the soundtrack as well, because he and he's talking to a company about that now, and his his label. Uh, but it is just so fascinating the way he takes multiple parts of Kurt's WWE theme, um, which originally was made by Joe Johnson, and uh, who happens to be the uncle of a, fr- a good friend of mine growing up, oddly enough. Um, but the theme was the theme always struck me even though it's like has a comical element to it and it has that pop to it, there was something dramatic underneath it that I always felt. I would like pump it to the, I would be in the gym, like getting a pump to it and stuff. (laughs) I was like, there's like a dramatic element here. That's like lying right under the surface that like no one's really like delved into yet. And I sent it to the composer and he just crushed it. And he, and he does it in different ways throughout the movie. Um, He, 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 it's obviously it's a very highly cinematic score. But I'm very, I'm very, I'm looking forward to fancying the opening titles, the end titles, and when Kurt wins the gold medal. That's when you'll hear it the most. Um, But there's also other moments throughout the whole movie where where you'll hear it as well.
1: Well, Alex, Uh, are there any other fun tidbits that fans should know about?
2: Yeah, just want to name drop one other person. Ann Dern did a terrific song for us as well uh, during Kurt's um, uh, world championship win in 1995. Uh, fun tidbits. Let me. Um, so yeah, this this will be like this will show how crazy I was on this on this on this movie. Like I, one thing I did was for all of our B roll shots. I, I probably won't do this again. This is probably going too far. But for all of our B roll shots in the movie, um, I put authentic props from Kurt's life in the frame. So whenever you see something in the frame, it's actually something from Kurt's life. And the most impressive of those, I don't even know why I did this looking back, but the most impressive of those was probably his Olympic singlet that he actually won the Olympics in. Uh, I wasn't able to track down the red one that he won gold in, but I was able to track down the blue one. And I made the National Wrestling Hall of Fame mail it to me. And there's a sh- an awesome shot in the movie I love of it being pulled off a chair, yeah, That's yeah, Dramatic, yeah, is Kurt's actual Olympic singlet that he wore at the 1996 Olympics for the first matches before the gold medal yes. and uh, and there's a bunch of other examples like that as well like mm. all of his original Foxcatcher stuff is in the movie his original Foxcatcher training logs um, you know at one point I, wa- I was like Kurt I'm doing a I'm doing a shot where I'm, I'm filming a suitcase that you just packed and he's like okay and I'm like Send me one of your actual lists from WWE because I'm going to put it in the suitcase. And he was like, oh, God. And the, the guy is so nice <laughs> that he actually went and mailed it to me and allowed me to shoot that, and then I mailed it back to him. So that's just, that's just a couple examples. And if you look at the, all the B-roll shots in the movies, there's a slew of other things I could pull out as well that fans can, fans can hopefully see.
0: If folks aren't excited to watch the documentary prior to, you know, WWE pumping it up and, but you're listening to this podcast, I guarantee they are excited now. So I'm looking forward to hearing and seeing some of this stuff from down to the props, to the music, to, to all of it. Talk about your hopes. What are you hoping in terms of the Peacock release? What are, what are your goals?
2: Um, like I said, Kurt and I fought hard for, um, for this version of this film to be released. This is award award. You know what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, if they toss it at me at me, am I going to say no, no, I'm just kidding.
0: Um, <laughs> no. Hey, that's, that's yeah. good.
2: You know, I, it, Kurt and I really wanted this version of this to be shown because this is the version we intended to make starting when I started bugging about it five years ago. And I hope that, uh, you know, I hope that fans appreciate that. Um, we told, Parts of Kurt's story that had, had been unexplored in the past. And I really hope that, uh, you know, my, my hopes for, uh, for this would be uh, for fans to see it as a unique, a highly unique documentary about one of their favorite professional wrestlers. That's my hope for this documentary. And, and the awards. And the awards. <laughs> I'm just kidding about
1: that. (laughs) (laughs) How does it feel knowing that this debuted on Peacock after a WWE premium live event?
2: Yeah. So listen, one of the blessings about WWE being involved with this is uh, the fact that they were totally willing to uh, market it for us. And, you know, they, they, they love Kurt. They love Kurt and they want to do right by Kurt. And, um, you know, they've they've been playing commercials for this on uh, Raw and SmackDown and NXT, and they're going to play commercials during payback. So that's, you know, for, for, for a filmmaker, especially a documentary filmmaker, it's so hard to get your stuff to see the light of day, you know, and anybody who knows filmmaking knows this about any filmmaking project. So to have it see the light of the day is one thing, and to have it be promoted is a whole nother thing. And Kurt, thank you so much for doing all you do for that as well. Um, and I'm just so, so appreciative of all the help we're getting now. And uh, it's, you know, I can't say thank you enough to everyone who's helping us get the word out about the doc.
0: You said it, the timing couldn't be any better. The premium live event and the premium live event is in Pittsburgh. I mean, it's like the script was written for, for, for you guys. So I'm thrilled so much for you.
2: Thank you, brother. I really appreciate that, Paul.
1: What's the craziest thing about my life that you learned from doing this?
2: The craziest thing, I would say. To be honest, I would say to be honest, there wasn't a craziest thing. I, 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 uh, I knew I knew Kurt's story pretty darn well, and I, I was hyper focused in the way that I wanted to tell it. Uh, so I would say that the craziest thing wasn't what I learned in the documentary. I would say the. I would say the best thing was being Kurt himself subverting my expectations uh, with how awesome he was to me and how awesome he was. Um, you know, they say never meet your heroes. I got to meet one of mine, which is awesome. And uh, he didn't disappoint. So I would say that that was the coolest part about making it. Um, as far as craziness, I-, I-, I think that that's, you know, that, that part of Kurt's story has been told and, you know, you will see some new details in this um, that weren't in the previous, uh, you know, but uh, at the end of the day, like I said, Kurt's life is about resilience and overcoming these things, and he's done so, and he has come out on the other side, being the, the guy he is today is just, it, it's an incredible thing, and, um, and I hope that this documentary pays tribute to that specifically.
1: Well, it's what's next for you.
2: Oh, good question. Uh, so I've got several documentaries that I'm really excited about that I have like in development right now. Uh, I'm not going to go into detail about what they are yet, but I am. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, what I do. What I do want to do now for sure is stay in the documentary world for a few more years. Uh, specifically, probably the sports documentary world. Uh, I have a sports crime doc that I'm really excited about. I'm hoping that's the one that goes next. Um, but yeah, sports documentary world for me is. I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna go full bore at that for the next few years. And then hopefully after that, uh, I'll make the jump into, into, into scripted movies. I have a football movie that, uh, I wrote, uh, probably a year ago. And, uh, I'm hoping that that would be my first narrative film down the line.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, get to know him now. Alex Perry, soon to be award-winning director. That's what we're cheering for, man. Uh, that's what we're that's cheering great. for here. And, great. uh, man, I can't thank you enough for coming on to discuss angle with us this week.
1: Yeah, Alex, thanks for coming on. Thank you for making the documentary. It was a lot of fun working with you, and I'm I'm very honored to, to be able to work alongside with you. You're a great individual and a great man, and I absolutely love this documentary.
2: Thank you guys so much. One more time, just thank you guys so much for the privilege of having me on this show and getting the word out because, you know, it's it, it, it's awesome. And, and thank you to the fans because uh, they're the ones who could potentially make this a special thing. So thank you so much uh, to the fans for uh, understanding this whole two different lives of this doc. And I can't wait until you see this one. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate it.
0: Thank you, um, Alex. Thank you, Take Alex. Take care, man. Well, there you go. Alex Perry, Kurt, what a treat that was for us to have him on right at the same weekend as the debut of your docu- documentary, my friend.
1: Yeah, yeah. You know what? I, I He was... Um... When I met him, he, he acted more like a fan than a friend, and, and rightfully so. I well, he was a massive him. fan, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But once I got to know him, I just I just enjoyed being around him. Um, he had incredible work ethic, just like me. He was driven, just like me. You know, he does movies, I did wrestling, and we were both good at what we did. And we were able to have a common ground of of knowing what work ethic is all about. And that's what brought us together. We both worked extremely hard on this documentary and we're both very proud of it.
0: And as you should be, can't wait to see it, Kurt. And, uh, hopefully all of you, if you haven't watched it yet, you check it out. It's Peacock. It's angle. It's the place to be. And we'd love to hear your feedback. What are your thoughts? What are you thinking? Put it on social media, help support it, spread the word. And we can't thank WWE enough for helping to promote it. Right, Kurt?
1: Right. And also I just want to do one thing. I know you weren't expecting this, Paul, but I want to give a big shout out to my friend, Ryan Jones. He's helped me out in in a lot of different capacities. I just want to thank him for what he's done.
0: Ah, there you go. Well, Kurt, listen, the guests aren't done because next week we have another special (laughs) guest who's been a major part of your career for many years. The man beast himself, Rhino. He's going to be joining us, right? Yes, and the reason why
1: is we're gonna have a 9/11 episode, and Rhino and I main evented in Houston, Texas, the day after 9/11. We were the first uh, company or entertainment, um, a sports entertainment company, to go live on TV uh, after, after 9/11. Uh, after nine eleven. 11 So yeah. uh, that was a big deal, and Rhino and I main evented. So I wanted to bring them on. Uh, for the show since, you know, nine is next week.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's right around the corner. I cannot wait for that. I can't wait to meet him. And I can't wait to hear uh, the two of you talk about that big time moment. So we'll have a lot of fun with that guys. I want to remind you to make sure you check out Kurt. He said it earlier on the show. I spent most of my career in impact. Well, you can watch that on impactwrestling.com forward slash packages and sign up with the code Kurt. You got it. That's easy. K U R T it's impact wrestling.com forward slash packages. And then if your business targets 25 to 50, 50- four-year-old men like we are, there's no better place to advertise than right here on the Kurt Angle show. Uh, You've heard us do ads for some companies for years and it's because it works. So go to advertisewithangle.com. That's right. Jump on now. Kurt's getting ready to walk the aisle. Emmys are coming, Golden Globes, Oscars. (laughs) So listen, advertisewithangle.com right now and find out more how you can be a part of our show. And we'll talk about your product or service right here. Also, so you want to check out ad free shows for those of you on ad free shows you got to hear this podcast early before uh his documentary was launched so now you know what things to look out for because you're an ad free show member so jump on board adfreeshows.com starting at just 9 bucks a month and you can enjoy the first week completely free so sign up now for that free trial adfreeshows.com guys support us follow us go to youtube.com Slash the Angle Pod. Like, subscribe, and turn on notifications. We would appreciate that. That those algorithms, when you do that, help us out tremendously. We're trying to grow our YouTube channel. And then you can find us at the Angle Pod all over social media. Most of you who are listening to the show, you know how to find Kurt Angle. He's one of the most entertaining social media followers. The guy's on TikTok now doing his thing on TikTok. Uh, so check us out. Kurt, before we get out of here, you know what we like to talk about, and I know what you'd like to talk about as you spin around in that channel. Share, and that's those chicken snacks.
1: Smart snacks. It's a new name now. Smart snacks, oh, Christmas bites. Okay. Uh, what, we have uh, whey protein, chicken protein, and organic plant protein. They're high protein, low carbohydrate. There are four different flavors in the whey protein and 11 different flavors in the chicken and organic plant protein. You can go to physicallyfit.com to order them. Use the code ANGLEPOD and get 20% off your first order. Or you can go online and uh, on the website and uh, uh, become a member for life and get 20% off for the rest of your life. You're going to love these. They they taste incredibly well. My favorite right now is the honey mustard. I jump from cinnamon swirl to honey mustard. I'll probably jump back to buffalo and then... uh, And then um, uh, sriracha next. So uh, there's so many options. You'll never get sick of them.
0: (laughs) And if you're a pizza lover, right? You got a pizza flavor, too.
1: Oh, cheese pizza is incredible. It was my favorite at the beginning, but I ate it so much, I got tired of it a little bit, and I had to start eating other ones.
0: Yeah, one thing you don't get tired of, Kurt, and that's cookies and milk. Please talk to us. How can we get that cookies and cream?
1: (laughs) Kurt Angle's American Dream cookies and milk protein. Uh, You can go to ProjectOneNutrition.com to order yours. I partnered with Project One, and we came out with an incredible protein. It's themed because I love cookies and milk, and this is cookies and cream. Uh, it's incredible. Go to ProjectOneNutrition.com, or the Current Angle Cookies and Cream Protein. You'll absolutely love it. It's the best-tasting protein on the market.
0: And it's at GNC, so if you're out oh, and about. Oh, yeah, you know, it's all in all the
1: GNC franchises, and in the next month, uh, because there's been a, a hold at GNC in the next month. It'll be at all the corporate stores all across the country. Love Right it. now, it's just the GNC franchise stores. But later in about a month, it'll be at all the
0: corporate stores. All right. Hey, thanks for making sure you clarify that. That way we don't get hit up with, hey, I was at GNC and I didn't see cookies and cream. It's common.
1: I've, I've gotten like a hundred of those. Stop. Have you
0: really? Oh, wow. People are after it though, so that's good. Yeah. And uh, there we go. Kurtanglebrand.com. That's where you're going to find your cameos, your birthday cards, your uh, cowboy hats, your milk cartons, T-shirts. Kurt, what else? I think you hit all of them except for the autograph photos, but you get the whole ball of wax. That was the line. That's when we're done with that spot. You know, Kurt Angle came up to me during my autograph <laughs> Sent the
1: whole ball of wax. Get out of here!
0: Oh. I love it.
1: We <laughs> at least fifteen fans.
0: We've created a thing. The whole ball of wax. Oh my god, Kurt! This is fantastic. Uh, so we do have fans that come meet you that love the show. Yes, we do. Absolutely. Oh, wow. I love it. It's great to hear. If you do love the show, go to boxygimmicks.com and find some merch and start purchasing it. We love these t-shirts. We wear them all the time. Kurt hasn't taken his off since we recorded two weeks ago. <laughs> so make sure you get the merch and support your boys at the Kurt Angle show. Kurt, I had a wonderful time with you this week, my friend. Me too,
1: Paul. I always have a wonderful time with you. Don't tell my wife that, though.
0: Oh, I know. I get it. Hey, on behalf of your Olympic hero and now Peacock star, Kurt Angle, make sure you check it out, Angle. This is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here next week with Rhino on the Kurt Angle Show.